34 Melbourne International Motor Show was in its final day. Several thousand people had passed through its doors to view the latest in engineering and innovation and marvel at advances in technology. The great British names of Austin, Vauxhall and Hillman vied for attention with the brash American houses of Studebaker, Pontiac, Oldsmobile and Chevrolet. The Rolls-Royce Phantom II stood with as much decorum and dignity as possible among the miles of bunting, balloons and roving brass bands. The show sensation was, however, undisputed. Elevated on a rotating stage, it seemed to reign over the other displays. Even surrounded by the world's best machines, its revolutionary shape caught the eye. Motoring enthusiasts jostled the popular press for the best vantage from which to view the ultra-modern lines and avant-garde design of the Chrysler Airflow. The gentleman from Sydney stood back from the main crowd, observing the Chrysler exhibit at a distance. They stood shoulder to shoulder, a flamboyantly dressed bohemian with a Leninist goatee, a solid, sturdy man whose weathered face aged him beyond his thirty-two years, and between them, the tallest of the three, whose immaculately tailored suit was offset by dark hair that refused to stay in place. What do you think? Roland Sinclair pushed his hair back, trying to ignore an absurd feeling of disloyalty. His companions showed no such reluctance. She might just be the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Clyde Watson-Jones was determined to encourage Roland to finally bury the 1927 S-Class Mercedes he'd lost in the racing accident that had nearly taken his life. To Clyde's mind, it was time Roland got over his first love and allowed another to take her place. I wouldn't go that far, Roland murmured, distracted for a moment by a thought of Edna. She'd refused to come to Melbourne with them on the grounds that she preferred not to witness grown men reduced to simpering lovesick boys by shiny machines. Edna was ever direct. He missed her. Aesthetically, she's a little unusual, Roland offered as both praise and concession. The automobile was yellow, as the Mercedes had been, but the similarities stopped there. The Chrysler was sleek and low, with a chrome grille that cascaded over its curved hood like a waterfall. The rear wheels were encased in fender skirts, and the full metal body rested between the wheels rather than upon them. She was like no other car on the road. Roland thought her a work of art. There is no exquisite beauty without some strangeness in the proportion. Milton Isaacs nudged Roland companionably. Roland smiled. Poe, he said, acknowledging the author whom Milton had clearly no intention of crediting. Some years before, Milton Isaacs had been introduced to Roland as a poet, a title he embraced in every way but by actually writing verse. Instead, he maintained his erudite literary reputation by randomly quoting the work of the great romantic bards without the tedious formality of attribution. She'd cost a small fortune, I expect, Clyde said half-heartedly. What did small fortunes matter to a man who had such a large one? The Sinclair's holdings had begun as pastoral enterprises, but under the astute control of Roland's elder brother, they had become an empire that seemed to Clyde to know no bounds. Johnston's getting old, Roland replied. Clyde nodded. Johnston. Roland's chauffeur had begun in the service of the Sinclairs in the days of horse and carriage. 
He had come with Woodland's house, the Sinclair's grand home in exclusive Wallara, of which Roland was now master. Use of the Rolls-Royce, which also came with Woodland's, necessitated the use of Johnston, who took any attempt to use the vehicle without him very personally. It was the nature of Roland Sinclair that he would buy a new motor-car, rather than risk offending his chauffeur. "'Are you going to buy her then, Rowley?' "'Yes, actually, I already have. I thought we could drive her back up to Sydney.' Well, that's cause for celebration. Good show, comrade, Milton responded, as though Roland was a new father, clapping his shoulder and shaking his hand in congratulations. This calls for a drink. Bloody oath, won't Ed be surprised when we pick her up in that jalopy? If she even notices, <laughs> Roland said, laughing. Edna was determinedly disinterested in automobiles.